Aloha, this is Pastor Perry, and I want to thank you for joining us online to study the Word of God together. We pray that you will be blessed as the Holy Spirit ministers to you through this message and through God's Word. Good morning. Our scripture reading today is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 15 to 18. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, giving thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Jacqueline, thank you so much for doing our reading, and Lindsay for doing the announcements. Well, at Thanksgiving, we like to give our church family opportunity to, to share things that they're thankful for, and we have asked the McCrillis family to come and to share with you something they're very, very thankful for. So you may not know them, have met them, they're fairly new to our church, so we want you to meet them today, but Tori and Ryan, come on up here, and let's hear what God has put in your heart. Well, good morning. So we got here about four months ago, but a year and a half ago we had orders to come to Hawaii, and the Packers are coming in two days, and I took my son Caleb, who was 16 at the time, and a couple of friends rock climbing out in San Diego. And uh, the kids are getting ready, gearing up for the climb, and I went to sit up the top rope and stepped across the ledge wearing my slippers and slipped backwards straight down about 30 feet onto the rocks below. Caleb heard me yell out and came down to see what was going on. And uh, I was on the rocks on another ledge fighting for my life because I had impacted really hard, hard enough to rupture a pulmonary artery and hit my head. And he took his shirt off and tried to stop some of my bleeding and held me down, got his buddy to call 911, and eventually was airlifted out to the hospital and uh, into a coma. So um, we heard about this, uh, Connor, my other son, who was 17 at the time, and Abby, my daughter, who was 10 at the time, and we rushed to the hospital, and we were met there by a social worker, and we knew that was not good. Um, we immediately, our pastor and um, some church friends came and stayed with us and ministered to us. And Ryan, we couldn't see Ryan. He was undergoing a seven-hour surgery. Um, and after the surgery, we had learned that he did rupture his pulmonary artery. He had cracked nine ribs. Um, he had broken his clavicle, and um, his lung was really pretty damaged. We also had learned that he died twice on the table and that he was fighting for his life. Um, his internal bleeding was crazy, and um, it just looked really bad. We didn't know if he was going to live or die. So I don't remember any of this because I was unconscious. But Tori and the family were dealing with the real life things, like dealing with having a Keiko come, explain what's going to happen if I die, you know, and having to come to grips with what if I live but am incapacitated. Um, but she was very, very deliberate in putting out very specific prayer requests. And people around the world, I mean, there are probably thousands of people praying for me. I know people 
in this church prayed for me, even though they didn't know me. And God was truly faithful to answer prayers. I mean, it's a miracle that I'm standing here today, and it's a testament to God's great power. So I'm, I'm really thankful to God, too. Um, first, I'm thankful for his provision. Um, he provided community. Our church community was amazing. In um, Coronado, California, they did a vigil for us, and, and lots of people, not only from our church, but the community came. Um, and then our Navy community was, was huge. Um, secondly, he healed my husband. Um, I took comfort in James 5, where Elijah, who was a man like a nature, with a nature like ours, fervently prayed that the, um, the rain would stop, and it stopped for three years and six months. And then he prayed again, and um, it it rained. God answered his prayer. So I took comfort in that. Um, and I prayed fervently and God answered that prayer. But I had to get to the point where I knew that Ryan would be healed either here, this side of heaven, or in heaven. Um, and so I, um, I knew God's character was about healing. And um, it would either happen here or in heaven. I had to give that up to him. But I am really thankful that he healed Brian here. Um, but the third part is just giving the glory to God. We are thankful for his character, that we serve a faithful God, that we serve a God that, it's, that is matchless. He has a matchless name, and he's unchanging, and he's forever. So we are just so thankful. So I didn't pray for Ryan when he went through that, not because I don't believe in prayer, but because I didn't know you. And other people here might say, oh, if I'd known, I would have prayed. But we would like to pray with you now and a prayer of thanksgiving. So um, they've given me permission to touch them. These are COVID-free hands, okay? <laughs> Lord, we say thank you. Lord, we are grateful for you answering prayers and that this time you said yes. Yeah. And Lord, we are mindful of those in this room and watching online that you have said wait or maybe you've said no and it's been very difficult. And Lord, we're mindful of that and we also thank you even though sometimes it's very hard because you, your character never changes. Your love for us never changes. Your faithfulness to us never changes. And so we thank you. But we thank you specifically for healing Ryan and for continuing to, to heal him, to continue to bless his family, and to continue to use this situation as an opportunity to bring glory to Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. So good. I'm going to need my Bible for the next phase of this. <laughs> I invite you to, to pray with me as we prepare our hearts to hear from the Lord through his word. Let's pray together.
Lord, we want to thank you. We want to thank you for the blessings that sometimes look good and sometimes don't look so good, but they are from your hand, and you are a good God, and you will always give us what is best, and for that we thank you. Lord, we thank you for the challenges of this current year that have drawn us closer to you, made us real our realize perhaps in a greater way our dependence on you. And Lord, we need your help to be even more thankful. So we ask, Lord, that you would open our eyes to those things that we have missed, that you have given to us and provided for us, that we might give you thanks. And we thank you, Lord, that you have given us a hope beyond this life. As Tori has already witnessed, Lord, that she knew that her husband would be healed. Temporarily, perhaps, but permanently for sure. And for that, we give you thanks. Lord, as we look into your word, we ask for the Holy Spirit to be our teacher, for me to speak words that are spirit-led, Christ-centered, and help us conform to the image of Jesus. We pray all these things in the beautiful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. With Thanksgiving approaching, I was hanging out with my buddy Ron, and we were reflecting on the year, thinking of things that we were thankful for, and we noted things that were ups and things that were downs and things that were kind of sideways, and, and in all that, we still found things to be thankful for, and we were not talking about the year 2020, however. We were talking about the year 2012 at that time, as he and I were reflecting, and in February of 2012, my buddy Ron from this church and his son and, and a couple other men from this church all decided that we would fly to New Zealand and do a 10-day motorcycle trip around the southern island of New Zealand. And it's renowned for its gorgeous lakes and glaciers and mountains and people and food, and, and we were not disappointed. And for 10 days, we, we drove together, and every place we stopped to eat or get a coffee, we go, oh, that's the best coffee I ever had, or that's the best food I ever had. It was just, it was just absolutely amazing. And the people, extremely friendly. The fact that we were driving our motorcycles in 30 to 40 degree Fahrenheit weather and it was raining was not the highlight. But everything else was just absolutely amazing. And we went to one place and it was like being on the big island of Hawaii on steroids. I mean, the ferns were the biggest ferns we'd ever seen. And it was, it was just absolutely gorgeous. And then you walk through this rainforest across a bridge, across a river, and there's Switzerland. I mean, there is a glacier and, and Alps. I mean, how can you do that in one country? It's just amazing. And then as we drove, we'd see beaches that reminded us of places on Maui with beautiful rock coves and dark blue water. And then you go a little farther, and there's a beach that reminds you of, of Southern California with hard-packed gray sand for miles that they actually raced motorcycles on it. And it was just amazing, and we reflected on that, and, and then... Every morning, we'd wake up, and we were staying in B&Bs, and we'd wake up, and the five of us then would read Scripture together, and led by Ron, who has an amazing voice, we'd sing a hymn. And we were thinking the people that were the owners of these B&Bs probably had no idea that five biker men would be worshiping the Lord every morning with him. So it was just spectacular. And that was alone was enough to make the year 2012 memorable for me. But then... June came, and I had back-to-back Widowmaker heart attacks. First one in the gym, working here out in the Brace Gym, and as I was losing my breath, 
and dying. They got me to the hospital, and they put in a stent, and they put me in my room. I said, how are you feeling? I go, well, I think I'm having a heart attack. And sure enough, I clotted the stent and had another Widowmaker, and that led to 48 hours in ICU and a 24-hour prayer vigil outside ICU with people in the church. I had no idea they were there, but God heard their prayers. And that enough was obviously enough to make 2012 a very memorable year for me. But then three months later, I decided I'd take my annual motorcycle trip in Greece. So I had two stents in my heart and a pocket full of heart pills. I went to Greece, and we traveled for 10 days on motorcycles to Greece and to Switzerland, to the Swiss Alps. And I go, and we saw glaciers there. And it was like, wow, Switzerland looks like New Zealand. <laughs> or maybe New Zealand looks like Switzerland, I don't know. But that alone was enough to make the year 2012 a very memorable year for me. But then November hit, and I had a ruptured appendix, and back in the hospital again. And that enough was to make it a memorable year, especially since they said, we're not going to take it out. And that led to a very long story, and a year later, I had an appendectomy. It was a memorable year, and then shortly after that year ended, then there's going to be a new year, and my mom died that year, and I had a couple more surgeries for hernias and appendix, and it's just like ups and downs. Every year has them. And every year also has a reason to be thankful. And as Ron and I look back, I realized the thing I was thankful for in all those situations was relationships. My relationship with other people who took care of me when I couldn't hardly walk across the room. And my relationship with God who was there to comfort me and help me and to bless me. Thanksgiving this year will be unlike any Thanksgiving any of us have ever experienced in our lives. In fact, we're watching the news to see if it's going to be canceled or not, and what the restrictions are, and how many people you can have. And does that include all your biological people, or does that include friends, or what about if they are your roommate? And I, I don't know the rules, and please don't tell me that. People are canceling family trips and family get-togethers. People are thinking of just making turkey sandwiches instead. But there's a danger amidst all this of us canceling thankfulness, along with Thanksgiving perhaps being canceled. Or perhaps saying to ourselves, well, what is there to be thankful for? Today, as we continue in our series entitled, A World in Crisis, we come specifically to a world in crisis. Thank God. Thank God. That's what we should do when the world is in crisis. We should thank God. I got out my concordance, that book that tells you where all the verses are and how many words are used and everything, and I, I looked up the word thanksgiving and all its cognates, in other words, like thankfulness and thanks, and I discovered that Thankfulness and its cognates are used 162 times in the English version of the Bible. And then I decided, well, I want to be an authority on Thanksgiving for this sermon, so I looked up all those verses and I read them. And I discovered that there are only three places in the Bible where Thanksgiving is directed to a person other than God. That means 159 out of 162 times that you have thanksgiving mentioned or one of its cognates, it's referring to us thanking God. 
I may not be the brightest person, but I thought that was significant. <laughs> and from that, I developed two thoughts that I want to share with you today. If you're watching online, there's an outline there online that you can download, and if you're here, hopefully you picked up a paper outline. The first principle that we see from this is this. Thanksgiving involves relationships. Thanksgiving involves relationships. To be thankful for something requires you to be thankful to someone. Because there must be a recipient when you are thankful. Thankfulness and relationships go hand in hand. What made the year 2012 so significant to me with two hospital stays and two motorcycle trips were the relationships involved in all those things. That's what made them special. That's what I am thankful for and was thankful for. Thanksgiving involves relationships, and that's why in the children's sermon we saw that a picture filled with thankfulness needs to be poured out. It needs to be shared with others, so then they can share it with others. We share our thankfulness. And if you, even if you say, I'm thankful for my new car, or a new sofa, or a new house, and you're saying, I'm not really directing it to anyone, you are. You're directing it to yourself, which isn't bad, but it's better to direct your thankfulness to God and to other people. Thankfulness has to be poured out into others because it's about a relationship. And if you can think of an exception to that, that proves the rule, as they say. One of the dangers of the present COVID crisis, or for some of you, the alleged COVID crisis, is that we forget to be thankful. And when we forget to be thankful, that hurts our relationships. It hurts the relationships with the people in our home. It hurts our relationship with God. And might that just be why God reminds us in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, he tells us, in everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. In other words, in a COVID-19 pandemic, give thanks, he says. In political frustration and uncertainty, give thanks, God commands. In family disappointments, in family challenges, family struggles, family heartaches, family crisis, God says, give thanks. In discouragement, give thanks. In depression, give thanks. In loss of hope, give thanks. Why? Well, why would you do that? Why would you give thanks when you feel miserable? Well, the rest of the verse, it tells us. In everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's God's will. And we learn in Romans 12, too, that God's will is good. And God's will is well-pleasing. And God's will is perfect. God wants the best for you. And the best for you and the best for me involves giving thanks. Because thanksgiving involves relationships. And relationships are the most important thing we have. Relationships are the one thing that you have that are forever so God says, be thankful 
because that will strengthen your relationships that need to be strengthened during the most difficult times of your life, your relationship with others, and your relationship with God. Now, my observations of these 162 verses also brought me to a second conclusion, a second principle. Number two, if you're following along with your notes, is this. Thanksgiving reflects your relationship with God. Thanksgiving reflects your relationship with God. And that couldn't be more clear in the Scriptures, that almost all the verses on thankfulness reflect back to God. Remember Jesus, how he drove home this point with the ten lepers? Ten lepers cried out to Jesus for help. One leper out of ten returned to cry out to God for thanks. One out of ten. They all had the same experience. They all had a crisis that was resolved, but only one gave thanks to God, and so Jesus responded this way. In Luke 17, verse 17 and 18, Jesus says, Were there not ten cleansed? But the nine, where are they? Where is everybody? Why isn't everyone giving thanks to God? Was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? God expects our thanks. God deserves our thanks. And when we don't give thanks to God, there's something wrong with our relationship with God. Which of those ten had a relationship with Jesus? Only the one who came back to give thanks. People who are close to God are thankful people. And to be honest with you, that concerns me. Because we as Christians are not known for being thankful people. We are known for being complainers, for being whiners, for being angry at this, angry at that, for protesting this or that, not liking how this went. But I would say you and I, and I include myself, are not known for thankful people. When your neighbors describe you to someone else, is thankfulness one of the words that they use? When your friends describe you when you're not around, is thankfulness one of the words that they use? Probably not. And I'm guilty of that too. And I look at this and I see that thanksgiving reflects our relationship with God and we need to work on being more thankful. It's good for relationships. It's good for our relationship with God. The better your relationship with God, the better will be your thanksgiving. The President of the United States recognized this truth. And in a written Thanksgiving proclamation, President of the United States wrote the following, and I quote, We have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no other nation has ever grown. But we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient, 
to feel the necessity of, re of redeeming and preserving grace, too proud to pray to the God who made us. It has seemed to me fit and proper that God should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. Powerful words from the President of the United States, the 16th President, by the way, President Abraham Lincoln, who then went on to write this, I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. Abraham Lincoln, 1863. Thanksgiving, the holiday, is about God. It has always been about God. It is a day that our nation sets aside to give thanks to God. That is the purpose of the holiday we celebrate this week. But something has been happening in and around us involving Thanksgiving that I was unaware of until a perceptive godly woman pointed out to me. I would have missed it otherwise. She is the pastor, I mean she is the wife of a pastor on Oahu and in a prayer letter that she sent out that I received in 2003, she pointed out that Thanksgiving is being squeezed out between Halloween and Christmas. She pointed out that people are decorating more and more for Halloween and less and less for Thanksgiving. They were seeing carved pumpkins for Halloween, but no longer just a pumpkin or a cornucopia for Thanksgiving. That we see children dressing up in bloody costumes or as witches or, or ghosts or ghouls or whatever. But when I grew up, kids dressed like pilgrims and Indians. And some kids had to be the turkey. <laughs> she further noted that Halloween decorations, as soon as they come down, Christmas decorations go up, bypassing Thanksgiving completely. Thanksgiving to God is being squeezed out between the celebration of the occult in Halloween and the celebration of materialism during what is now called the holidays. You might find it fun to know that the pastor's wife that wrote that newsletter in 2003, her name is Marie, that is Pastor Josh's mom who pointed that out. Well, from that very first Thanksgiving in 1621, where there was a near fatality rate among the pilgrims of 50%, to 1863 when Abraham Lincoln gave his proclamation establishing Thanksgiving to God as a national holiday right in the middle of our nation's bloodiest war, the Civil War, to the current Thanksgiving that we celebrate in the midst of a pandemic, Thanksgiving has always been celebrated during our nation's most difficult periods of history. And people still gave God thanks.
because Thanksgiving is about our relationship to God, our desperate need for a relationship with God, our desperate need for Him and giving Him thanks even though things are hard. Thanksgiving involves relationship, thankfulness. Thanksgiving also reflects your relationship with God. I was curious where the last place in the Bible that the word thanksgiving was used. It's found in the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 7, in verse 12. I'm going to pick it up in verse 11. Revelation 7, 11. It says, And all the angels were standing around the throne, the throne of God, and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing, glory, wisdom, thanksgiving, honor and power and might belong to our God forever and ever. Amen. The Bible tells us that thanksgiving is to God and thanksgiving is for ever. Amen. Would you play with, pray with me? I'd like to ask you to bow your head so you can have a private moment, even, even if you're watching on the live stream. Do you have a personal relationship with this God that loves you, that sent his son to die for your sins? If you recognize you don't have a relationship with him, that you've never asked Jesus personally to come into your life to save you from your sins, to give you eternal life, I ask you right now to just cry out to him. Say, Lord Jesus, please save me. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose from the grave. And I ask you to come into my life and be my savior. Lord, we want to thank you that you have given us eternal life, that you have promised us a beautiful new world. We love you, Lord Jesus, and we give you our thanks. Amen.